Hi everyone. Welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And today we have a cold coffee in the middle of winter. We're freezing, <laughs> but it tastes good. It's and really good. And we finally sound normal. The sicknesses are gone. It feels so good to be back. <laughs> Let's keep it away. We have our actual mic. We're in the same room. <laughs> yeah. This hasn't happened in a while. It's a Christmas miracle. For real, though, I feel like you don't take advantage, like, you take advantage of your health until it's, like, very inconvenient. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is what it feels like to breathe normal and have not clogged ears. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. So, do you have anything you want to talk about before our coffee? Um, we can talk about how I might be a little bit delusional this episode because I got two and a half to three hours of sleep last night. She literally does this all the time (laughs) Like, she'll be like, oh, I stayed up until 1 a.m. I'm like, what? She's like, I had to be up at 6 for work. I'm like, how in the fuck do you function? But then she'll do it again the next night. Yeah. And, and I, then the next night. And it's a re- it's a repetitive behavior of hate when I do it <laughs> because I'm like, why do I do this to myself? God. And I the whole day at work, I'll be thinking, I'm literally going home, getting my bed, going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get home and I'll do the same thing all the time. Beyond, like, Facebook or, like, whatever apps, yeah. watching TV. No, I don't know how you do it. I have to go to bed so early. Well, last night was, like, for a legit reason, though. Yeah. I was doing wedding planning stuff. Woohoo! And I was doing invitations and my website and people's addresses, which was taking freaking forever. The details. Yeah, you know. And all of a sudden, I looked at my phone and I said, fuck, I still have to finish researching. And Mm -hmm. mom was like oh my god, well, we better get, like, you better get going. What is it, like, 12 o'clock? And I'm like, mom, it's 2.30 in the morning. I don't understand. <laughs> Did she have to work today? Uh, no. Today was Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King. King. Oh, Happy yeah. Martin Luther Happy Martin King Luther King, King Day. Day. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know if she had to work or not, but I was like, when I heard that, I was like, there's no fucking way that they both got up for work today and functioned as normal human beings. I are, did. And are this happy. <laughs> I did. And, like, pleasant. If I'm like that, I swear to God, I am the meanest person until I come home. You know, it's weird with me, because I feel like if I get, like, five hours of sleep, that's mm. how I am, and I'm really cranky and moody. If I get less than that, like, two you, like, hours push of sleep, through. I push through to the point of delusion, and I'm in such a good mood. <laughs> it's such a good mood. I don't understand. Yeah, I worked today, and uh, after I went, me and mom stopped doing the invitations, and I went to bed. I then researched for an hour, so I went to bed at 3.30 in the morning. God bless your soul. And then I, my cat slept in my room with me last night, and he was kind of waking me up, kept moving, pawing my face and all that. So I probably got like two and a half hours of sleep because I had to wake up at 6.30. God bless. <laughs> yeah, and no. here I am. Here I am. A little ball of sunshine. Yeah, no, I need my sleep. I need a literal good eight to nine hours (laughs) for me to be functioning. And I'm very, like, it's that, sleep with me, and food. Like, if I don't have sleep and food, I'm not good. No, food, I'm not a nice person. Hangry is real. Yes. Remember that one time we got really hangry, and we had to get something, and we, like, scarfed down an entire Chipotle? Or was it Moe's? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, we need to go get food. We don't care. We're not talking to anyone until we get food. I thought you were going to mention the other time when we were hangry and we ate those soggy oil rain oh, fries ew. and then literally felt sick to our stomachs because yeah. we were we like, to a gay pride oh. festival and we were starving and it was like freezing rain. Uh-huh. And we were walking everywhere trying to find food, like trying not to freeze our asses off. And we get to this tent that had french fries. We're like, okay, like french fries. And as we're like ordering them, we see the rainwater dripping into the frying Ugh, thing. God. Oh, I'm nauseous <laughs> thinking about it. And then they give us, they give us like those little like paper trays of like soggy fries with cheese fries. on it. <laughs> oh my god. And it was literally like rainwater soaked. I think we poisoned ourselves. Yeah, probably. With, <laughs> I think with we the did. pollution. <laughs> Yeah. Another quick, funny thing, since we're on the topic of uh, delusional, being tired, whatever. Yeah. Another thing I, a memory I always think about, shout out Erica. One time, Erica and I, when she was working with me, we decided to have, like, a sleepover before work. Mm-hmm. And both of us were just, we were doing tarot and just talking and bullshitting, whatever. All of a sudden, we're like, wait, we need to, like, shower so we're prepared for work in the morning. We both take separate showers. By the time we're done, it's 
like four o'clock in the morning. What? And we the had, fuck were we you had doing? We had to work. We had to work. Finally, we forced ourselves to go to sleep. We had to work. We had to get up at six thirty to go to work. And the whole day, we were just, like, so delusional and whacked out. And we were, like, we just kept going, who the fuck did we think we are? We'd see each other and we would look at each other and just go, who the fuck did we think we are? No, for real, though. Yeah. It I... was not a good time thinking back at it, but it was at the same time. I could never. <laughs> the only time I've ever done that was, like, before, like, vacations. Like, I'd stay up all night and then, like, sleep in the car. <laughs> that was, like, logical. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm not a very logical person. But, no, not um, saying that I am, but that was just uh, the only thing I could think of. Moving on, though, yeah. do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into our coffee review? We're probably about seven minutes in right now, am I right? 7.43. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I kind of want to get into the coffee because this is really good. Okay. So, mom gifted this to us. She said she found it in the store, and I think they were not providing it in the store anymore, so she it said, like, final sale or something. So, oh. she's like, I grabbed all of them. Oh! <laughs> so, she grabbed, like, four bottles. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, it's called Stoke Coffee, and it's a cold brew bottle, and I've tried a couple, like, cold brews, specifically from Trader Joe's, and I was never, like, a big fan mm-hmm. of them. Like, I like cold coffee, but I feel like you can never have, like, a, I don't know, a good cold brew from a store. I'm obsessed with this yeah. one. Yeah. And she didn't mention this. It's pumpkin flavored, mm-hmm. and usually Kelsey hates pumpkin. That's and like she loves this. my arch nemesis. <laughs> and Bryn tried it today and she's like, wait, you like it? I'm like, yeah. She's like, but it's pumpkin. I'm like, I know. Yeah, I was like, that's when you know it's good. Yeah. It's really good. So, um, like she said, it's the, I think it's like a limited time pumpkin It's like seasonal flavor. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it comes in like these big 48 ounce containers and I'm on their website right now. It's stokebrew.com. And um, their Instagram is Stoke, S-T-O-K, Cold Brew. Yeah. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about this pumpkin one because that's the one we're drinking. And I'm going to read their little blurb on their website. It says, our marketing de- department made us do this again. But let's face it, pumpkin is delicious. Did you say basic? Whatevs. This is pum- <laughs> this is pumpkin the way Stoke would, be- would make pumpkin. Bold, coffee, forward, and tasty. And we're here for it. Sorry, not sorry. Oh my god. I have to point out too what's on their bottle because I fucking love it. Because it's so... It is really funny. It's basic funny. So, first of all, they have, oh my god, hashtag pumpkin season, spelled pumpkin S-Z-N. Pumpkin season. And then literally at the bottom it goes, I literally can't even. (laughs) (laughs) It's so perfect for like basic, like pumpkin spice latte, like, you know. But joking about it. It's it's, so... Good. And, okay, I'm just going to say what I feel. I feel like the pumpkin is at the end, mm-hmm. and it's very minimal. It's, like, not overpowering at all, and it tastes super natural. Right. It doesn't taste, like, artificial. Agreed, and I think that's probably why you like it. Yeah. And also why I actually enjoy it as well, because right. I've, the last couple of years, steered away from pumpkin coffees because it's just too much or it's too Like, over-flavored. Yeah. yeah. And this one... Some people might complain that you could barely taste the pumpkin. Yeah. But I think it's good because it's not like that. It's better that way. It's not overly fake sweet pumpkin shit. And just so you know, if you are lactose intolerant and poop your pants when you drink milk, you might not want to get this. (laughs) As she sits here and drinks it. (laughs) No, it has skim milk though. So just be aware if you're lactose intolerant. (laughs) But (laughs) Prince just chugging away. So it's fine. It's okay. No, I think this one's really good. Um, I'm probably going to give this. Okay, should we we do it at the same same time? time? Okay, wait, wait, let me think first. Let me think. Hold on. I'm taking another sip too. My God, it's so smooth. It's like almost like chocolate milk, but then you get the coffee and the pumpkin and yeah. And it's very, it's not. I feel like usually with certain cold brews, it has a bitter taste, yes. and it's not like that at all. Not at all. I feel like this is the perfect amount of sweetness too. I'm obsessed. I want to try their mocha one. Me too. And their vanilla one. Yeah, they have a vanilla as well online. Okay. All right. Should we say it? Three, two, one. Eight point five. <laughs> motherfucker i swear 
<laughs> to God, this is not staged. I swear. And every time they're probably like, why do they laugh so hard? It's not that funny. Because it is. <laughs> it's funny. Like, it keeps happening. <laughs> I don't understand. It's very good. That's great. Okay. All right. We ready? Yeah. Oh, my God. We can say this together today. Yeah, if you didn't notice, <laughs> last week it kept overlapping when we tried to say it at the same time, so I had to say it by myself, and it was really we sad. We should have put in our spoofs. Yeah. Of us going, we were like, wait, grab, wait, grab no, it. You grab. say it. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. So, so grab, grab your, your coffee, coffee and, and have a morning, morning with us. us. Okay, guys. So today's episode was another requested episode by Alyssa. Alyssa, you're the shit girl. She sends in the most interesting stuff, and every time I'm like, wow. How I does she find these Today's things? is crazy. Insane. Crazy. Yeah. It's one of the most, I feel like, interesting cases because it makes you think a lot. Yeah, and I had never heard of this Me one either. somehow. I don't know. And it's like somewhat close to home for part of the, yeah. this person's life. I don't yeah. know. It's crazy. Okay. So the case that we are covering today is of Hannah Up. She was born November 29th of 1984. Um, and she was a Pace University graduate student. Her mother is named Barbara Bellis. Her father, David Up, was living in India where he taught at a seminary during the time. And her brother, Dan, was a Navy officer stationed in Japan at the time. So, wasn't really around her dad and her brother much during the time. She did go visit her dad yearly, Mm -hmm. but she was really, um, like, around her mom a lot during this time. She was known as, quote, the princess of her church growing up. Her parents were both pastors at Japanese-American churches in Oregon. Oh, my God. How cool. Yeah. When Hannah was 15, Barbara filed for divorce, Um, David moved abroad, and Barbara moved to Philadelphia. So that's kind of how it ended up where her dad was, you know, doing all these things in different countries, and her mom ended up staying a little bit more local. Mm -hmm. Um, She actually taught Spanish. She was involved in her community, loved dancing, swimming, and Zumba. Uh, She was very high energy. And she had a really big social life, so she had, like, lots of friends Super all the time. Super active. Yeah. She was described as, quote, intelligent, vivacious, friendly, outgoing, and fun-loving. Aw. She was vibrant, fearless, and adventurous. I feel like you'll get to know this more as it goes on, because this, I feel like what we covered today tells a lot about how she was as a person. Mm-hmm. Her friends said that she was the life of the party, she often referred to her Myers-Briggs personality test result, saying that she was an ENFP, or extroverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving personality type. Mm-hmm. I always thought Myers-Briggs personality tests were super interesting, but yeah. I can't remember mine. <laughs> I can't remember mine either, but I think I'm very similar yeah. to her. Yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she, that's how she saw herself. hmm a friend of Hannah said to a news reporter, quote, everyone you talk to is going to say she is their closest friend. She has no barriers. She was raised to trust trust and care for everyone, and she did that. Love her. So she was very down-to-earth, it seemed. Love her. Piali Bhattacharya, who was one of Hannah's friends, said, quote, she knew she was loving and open-hearted, but beyond that, I think she had zero idea of who she actually was. She wanted to give herself over to someone or some idea. Aww. So just keep that in mind. I feel like... I wonder why she perceived her that way. Like, how she came across that well, way. Well, there was a conversation between her and this friend that she had. And it was about their religion. And she asked her friend Hannah, she said, Am I going to go to hell? Basically, like, based on your religious beliefs, is that what you believe? Mm -hmm. And she said that instead of backing up her faith and saying, like, this is what I believe in, she broke down crying and felt horrible that her friend thought that. So she said she was, she felt from that conversation she was kind of, like, she had a religion, but she was trying to find her own way in things. Like, she hadn't found her own way. Okay, I could see that as, like, an evolution of yourself, or you 
trying to figure things out, but not necessarily having zero idea of, of who, who she you are. was right. just because of her religion. Like, people... Yeah. People certain... I mean, that comes with just learning and being open-minded to new yeah. things. Like, th- your feelings change, your perceptions change. Yeah. What you once might have thought was right, you might not now. Right. So, I feel like... Someone can easily change their religion but still know who they are at the core. I don't know. Right, and maybe there was more stuff backing it, but that was the example she gave in this article. So, um, Hmm. it's like the first time you hear of somebody kind of coming at it from that angle. Yeah, I could see where she's coming from with that. I just wonder if there was, like, more to it that hasn't been talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, getting into Hannah's disappearance, um, in 2008... At this time, Hannah was a school teacher at Thurgood Marshall Academy, which was a public school in Harlem, New York. And they didn't specify if she was a Spanish Spanish teacher or just like a gen ed teacher because she mm. did change between being a Spanish teacher and just a regular classroom teacher. Yeah. So August 2008, she left her apartment in Manhattan, New York for a jog. This was typical for Hannah, but what was not typical was that she didn't return. That's terrifying. Yeah. The next day, friends contacted the police when they still hadn't seen or heard from her. Thank God. Yeah. Her apartment was checked and everything was in order. Her purse, wallet, cash, passport, metro card, and cell phone were all located in the apartment. So she wasn't, like, trying to run away. Yeah. And for anyone who has never been to New York City or isn't familiar with New York City... A metro card is basically a card that you can either prepay or pay as you go, mm-hmm. and it's to ride the subways. So you need it pretty much to go anywhere. Y- you need it to ride the subway. Yeah. Yeah. So an investigation was launched into Hannah's disappearance and possible kidnapping, because obviously that came into question, too. You go jogging right. in New York City and just never return home. Yeah, it's sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Nine days after she disappeared, someone at the Apple store in downtown Manhattan, sorry guys, recognized Hannah from the news and missing persons posters. He asked if she was Hannah and she said he was mistaken and somewhat ignored him. So clearly, like, this could have been her, this Mm -hmm. could have not been her. Right. Hannah's mother, Barbara, was brought into the police department to watch this footage and she confirmed that this was Hannah. The footage also shows Hannah logging onto a computer to check her Gmail account. Yeah, her mom basically said that, like, the mannerisms, like, everything was Hannah. So either A, she did not want this random person to know who she was. Yeah. B, she was, in general, just not wanting someone to know who she was. Or she was super confused. Or she was really confused and, yeah, but she could still log into her Gmail account. Like, she, she... didn't know who she was, but she could still access her information. Right. I so it's just really odd. I want to know what came out of the Gmail thing. Yeah. That they never said. And, like, what was she looking... Was oh, she just, right. like... Did she do that every day? So just have it? Right. She did her thing? It said that she quickly looked at the screen and then just, like, walked out. So, I don't or was know. was she checking for something? No. So weird. Weird. So there were other sightings of her all over Manhattan and Soho... Starbucks, different shops, at the gym. By the time the police actually got to Starbucks, she had walked out the back door. So people were calling left and right, calling Mm. in tips, like saying, she's here, she's here. But every time the police would get there, she'd be gone. That's great that people were so vigilant, especially in a city as big as New York. I know. And even in the Apple store, I feel like I'll post it on our Facebook, but there's like a picture that somebody took on their phone of her, like walking in the Apple store. She was described as looking like she was in a daze or a trance. That's so scary. That's really scary. That gave me the chills. September 16th, 2008, which is now three weeks after her disappearance, two men saw something bobbing in the water. They realized it was a body. The men were working at a ferry dock near the Statue of Liberty. They went in a rescue boat to get the body. The woman was face down and not moving. But when they pulled her out, they realized that she was still alive. Holy crap. Could they you were, imagine? They were definitely thinking they were retrieving a, a dead, dead body. body. Yeah. She took a gasp of air and then began crying. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
Like, what in the world? That seems almost, like, unreal. Like a movie. Like, how was she face down? For... I feel... I, I assume for as long as it took for them to go out there to get her. Like, oh they didn't... God. I don't know. And, of course, this was the missing woman, Hannah Up. She was brought to Richmond University Medical Center on Staten Island... She had mild hypothermia, severe sunburn, and dehydration. Holy crap. Yeah. So I wonder how long she was out there for, or if she had just been in the elements for so long that she had all of that from just wandering for three weeks or whatever. We'll we'll get into their theories because it does make sense what they come up with. She eventually was able to give the staff at the hospital her mom's phone number, and Barbara was called, and she was basically at the hospital within an hour of their call. Holy fuck. Yeah. Probably just waiting by the phone. Yeah. Like, just, oh my god. Oh my god, I can't imagine. The first thing Hannah said was, quote, why am I wet? So, like, she came to realize that, like... What the fuck is going on? Why am I wet? Like, what even happened? Yeah. Like, didn't understand what just occurred. (sighs) Poor thing. That is the scariest thing in the whole world. That is absolutely terrifying. Like, imagine not knowing what happened to you and everybody is so worried and confused and you're just as confused. (sighs) Once she was well enough, she spoke with police and had no clue that three weeks had even gone by. That is terrifying. This brings so a scary. whole new level of terror of yeah. things to think about. Right. Like, I didn't even think about this type of situation uh-huh. before. I mean, I have, but not to this extent. Yeah. Her mother said she heard the police questioning her and said, quote, I could hear her trying to respond to their questions. She was really working at it, trying to give them what they wanted, but she didn't have any explanation. The last thing Hannah remembered was when she had left to go on her jog three weeks earlier. Oh my god, it's like a f- light switch flipped. Yeah. And something went wrong. Imagine, like, that's just so terrifying to picture. I mean, that probably, that happens to, I shouldn't say probably, that happens to people who go into comas and they mm-hmm. wake up and then five years have passed. Yeah. Like, it's like the same type of situation, but you're still walking around and living life in the meantime. It's crazy. That's just mind-blowing. So she had no clue where she had been during those missing weeks. This is a quote from MysteriousUniverse.org. Quote, For her, it seemed like only about 10 minutes had passed, and she would tell the New York Times, Quote, I went from going on a run to being in the ambulance. Like what? Horrifying. Her brother theorized that she understood on some level that she was being searched for and that she felt like she was being hunted and did not know why. So that was kind of his reasoning on Like she was things. telling everybody, like, no, I'm not Hannah. Like, why are all these people asking like, who I am? Like, looking for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, what have I done that yeah. I don't know about? Yeah. Like, her brain was just on a disconnect from that. Yeah. Her brother Dan met with the captain of the Staten Island Ferry and said that Hannah must have entered the river in Lower Manhattan before the tide took her south. Hannah and Dan walked along the piers downtown and she said that the place felt familiar and she remembered lights floating on the water when they arrived at Pier 40, which is a former marine terminal. Okay. Dan found out there was a Japanese floating lantern ceremony on the pier September 11th to honor victims of the World Trade Center attacks. So that was just a few days before she went into this, like, state. She was at the this event, potentially, and that's why she remembers the floating... That's so weird. ...lanterns, yeah. They theorized that she was at this event and then returned and entered the water... They said that she likely spent the night in the water. Like, what? Like, what was her state of mind while she was in the water? Because some part of her had to have known she was in the water. Was she just laying and floating in the water? Right. Like, how do you even float for that long? Or, like, tread water? (sighs) That is so scary. And her brother basically said that you know, from her talking about, like, the lanterns and the lights on the water, that it was a happy time for her and, like, made her feel peace. So, back to his theory of, 
people were trying to figure out who she was. She felt like she was being hunted. Maybe she went back to this place of peace, and that's when she went into the water. To, like, calm herself or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. She was then washed up onto Robin's Reef. She scraped her knees and slept there the following day, which is where she got sunburn. Then she returned to the water. So this was the theory. Yeah. Which makes sense, because, like... I don't know. It, it, there's no way she could have been in the water for that long. No. Oh, I can't even think about it. I know. It's just so scary. It's terrifying. And to, like, for someone to enter water knowing but not really knowing what's going what on. they're doing. And you're just, like, in water. Like, that's scary. Could you imagine coming to at that point and being in the middle of a body of water and not knowing what the Imagine just fl- you're floating on your back in the middle of the ocean. No. And you're like, how did I get here? Why am I here? What What is happening? Yeah. No, that is so scary. So that night at the hospital, um, she allegedly talked in her sleep. Her mom was the one that slept in the hospital room with her that night. And she said she suddenly sat up and said, quote, I was at a lighthouse. (gasps) And then she fell back asleep. And then when her mom, like, brought it up to her the next day, she's like, I don't remember doing that at all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have such chills. And I just saw an orb. I'm not even kidding you. Where? It it went across the wall out of the corner of my eye. It was a little black orb. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm, like, looking for it. (laughs) Or I'm delusional, as I said before. I barely slept. No. For real, though. Oh, God. To wake up and hear her say that, like, oh, I bet you her mom was, like, trying to piece things together in her head, like, where would a lighthouse be? Yeah. Was she there? Like, did someone take her there? You know? Oh, my God. So, what possibly happened? Hannah went through intensive questioning and neurological tests to try to figure out what had happened to her. They came to the conclusion that she had a dissociative fugue, a.k.a. Jason Bourne syndrome. If you've ever seen Jason Bourne, you know exactly what is coming next. So this is a very rare condition, and this is all a quote that I'm about to say from MysteriousUniverse.org. Quote, The sufferer will lose awareness of their identity or other important autobiographical information for a duration of time. Although they still maintain the ability to function and survive, Ugh. often going off on unplanned trips or creating new identities during this episode, the victim will usually sort of, quote-unquote, wake up in an unfamiliar place and have no memory of the time that they were in this fugue state, which can be disorienting since it can last for hours, days, weeks, or even longer. I do not like that. And the thought that it can just, like, randomly happen, like, clearly it happened to Hannah, randomly, one day. It just happens. Yeah. And then one day you snap out of it. That is fucking (sighs) terrifying. And apparently while she was, they moved her to, like, a psychiatric unit for all of these, this testing and everything, and they checked her brain function, they checked everything to see if there was, like, another reason behind her having these fugue states, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't find anything. Oh my god. So usually these dissociative fugue, this dissociative fugue that people experience is caused by a traumatic experience. So for example, that could mean like physical or sexual abuse, combat experience, natural, like living through a natural disaster or an internal conflict. Mm. So usually it's somebody that has had and that's not, usually is not all the time, but that's Mm -hmm. usually what happens with people that are in these states of fugue. And again, this is like a rare condition, so. So nothing severely traumatic had happened in Hannah's life that they believe could have caused this. Her family said that they could not recall anything happening to her as a child. Ramirez, her roommate, said he went to visit her in the psych unit, and she was rattling her brain saying, quote, Was I in a hit and run? Was I mugged? Was I assaulted? Like, she's trying to figure out why she's having these Yeah. How fucking (sighs) terrifying, thinking that this must have happened. Something must have happened to me for me to be like this. Yeah. And I just had a thought. It's even scarier to think if she was in that state 
and something like that happened to her while she was in that state. And, and then she... Further. And then, like, yeah. yeah, and then when you're out of that state, you wouldn't even remember it. Right. That's crazy. So, literature suggests that the people that enter fugue states take on a new identity, but not Hannah. She basically did not have an identity. Described by her mom as a quote-unquote dangerous nothingness. So, her mom was basically like, I understand the dissociative fugue, but, like, that's not what, like, I feel fits the picture completely of Hannah. Because she didn't take on another identity... Right. She was kind of just, like, living her life, not even knowing or questioning who she was. She was going through daily routines and daily things. Yeah. Like, I read, for example, there was an example in the article. It was basically, like, this man had grown up, had a wife, children, goes into this dissociative fugue stage, moves to a different country, changes his, like, name Like, has a new name. Yeah. Yeah. And then wakes up one day and looks at his Bible and sees this name that's not his and he's in a country and a place that he doesn't know oh my god i can't oh god i i have never deeply thought into this this is so so terrifying so hannah was also hypnotized by psychiatrists to search for repressed trauma because obviously yeah if you go through a traumatic experience you might not remember it because you're repressing it right as like a as a coping coping, mechanism yeah. yeah and nothing came of it Nothing came out of that. A side note, by Hannah's sophomore year, she called her mother and told her she was in a relationship with a woman. She said that she was, quote, troubled that something she'd thought was part of her faith was cruel. So, kind of that that internal conflict, but like... Maybe. I mean, if she was... uh, that hardcore religious where that was like her whole identity maybe and then i don't know i feel like i don't know her well enough to say those things though yeah so what happened next after all of this and her disappearance we will tell you (laughs) hannah moved to maryland for a fresh start she contemplated changing her name but decided not to she was still teaching at this time and was hired as a teaching assistant at a Montessori school for underserved children in Kensington, Maryland. There seemed to be no other psychological issues after the instance in 2008, but moving on to September 2013, which was five years from when she disappeared, exactly five years, Yeah. Hannah disappeared again. Like what? It, like, how does it just happen again five years later? Yeah. When I first read this, I was like, what the actual fuck? This reminds me, to, to a different extent, of that show on Netflix mm-hmm. with the girl who was kidnapped yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. I don't know. So, well, I guess that it could happen if she doesn't have a diagnosis of yeah. and can't be helped for what is actually happening. Right, like, there's no medication for this. Yeah. So, police called Hannah's mom and told her that Hannah's wallet and phone were found in the middle of a footpath in Kensington, but they couldn't find Hannah. So, that's kind of how this was all brought to attention, that she was missing again. Her colleague reported that she was driving to school and saw Hannah walking quickly in the wrong direction. So, like, maybe she tried to get there and then, like, something snapped and she was, like, quickly running, like, the other way. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, it changed. Like, Like, whatever is going on changed again and she suddenly was thinking she should be going somewhere else. Yeah. Her mom came to help search for her and realized that she did not sleep in her apartment the night before and no one had spoken to her in the previous 24 hours. So, just keep that in mind. Like, I feel like... It's almost a pattern mm-hmm. forming that she has a strange, like, state of mind before this happens. Mm-hmm. So just remember that. Like, it happens not slowly, but Something is, like, like a, yeah. Like, there's some evidence of it's going Beforehand, yeah. yeah. Almost like, and I don't want to compare, but, like, a seizure. a seizure. Yeah. Like, you see certain things yeah. and then it happens. Yeah. Like, they get the aura. And yeah. The, yeah. Or, like, a migraine, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this time, she was missing for two days. 
The next day at 10.30 p.m., Barbara got a call from an unknown number and Hannah said, quote, mom, question mark. So for a brief period, she like came to again. Well, that's when she ended up coming home. Like she real she snapped out of it. Oh my God. And this one was only two days. So she ended up coming home on her own this time because she had called her mom. She had said that she woke up lying in a shallow creek. There was an empty shopping cart next to her. And she went to a commercial area to borrow a stranger's phone. Then she realized that she had been walking for more than two days. And that's when she called her mom and went home. That is so scary. I wonder if, like... The shopping cart, like, she actually brought there. Like, she was, like, walking with it and just, like, walked into these random into a woods and next to a creek. I am so confused. Again, Hannah didn't remember anything from the previous two days when she was missing. So, moving forward from here, one year after she was missing for the second time in 2014, Hannah had decided to move to St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. The police suggested actually putting a tracking bracelet on her, kind of like a house arrest bracelet, in case it happened again, but Hannah didn't want this to define her, and she refused, so her mom respected her wishes. Okay, I could totally see both sides of that. Yeah, I could too. But it's also very scary that, not that it should have stopped her from living her life, Mm -hmm. but that she does struggle with whatever the fuck this is, and she moved to the Virgin Islands by herself. Like, that's very scary. I would have maybe, like, said, okay, maybe not, like, a ankle bracelet, but, like, maybe wear, like, an Apple Watch or, like, something And, like, an island surrounded by a body of water, and you're by yourself, and people that you might meet don't even know that this happens to you, and, like, that's just, that whole situation is, like, literally giving me anxiety. Yeah. So at the U.S. or at the at St. Thomas where she moved, she found another job as a teacher and she taught at the island's Montessori school. She seemed really happy there. She was planning on remaining there for a while or indefinitely, according to family and friends. So she like found a place that she really loved. Mm -hmm. September of 2017, it was big hurricane season for the Caribbean islands. September 6, 2017. Hurricane Irma had destroyed parts of St. Thomas, and there was news of a second hurricane coming. It was actually ended up being Hurricane Maria after that. Mm. So two big natural disasters were coming. Some people evacuated, and some people decided to stay, and Hannah was one of those people that chose to stay. Yeah. Co-workers noticed Hannah's personality changing a little bit during the time that they were preparing their classrooms for the like, storm that was approaching. Mm -hmm. They said she was quiet, and they assumed she was just stressed out. Yeah. Because as we talked earlier about her background, Hannah was not a quiet person. Yeah. She was literally very vivacious and involved and fun-loving and social, and they said she was, yeah, like, quiet, reserved. She was just keeping to herself. Yeah. She was responding to everything as... Quote, yes, Norma, and Hannah was not a quote-unquote yes person. She wanted to know why she was asked to do something. So, Norma was a co-worker of hers, and she wasn't even really having conversation with her. She was just saying, yes, Yes, Norma, yes, yes, yes. yes." Almost like in a trance. was a red flag for Norma. Yeah. So, there were two conflicting reports about what came next mm-hmm. and I read a bunch of different articles and all of them had these two dates so I'm yeah. just gonna say both of them either September 14th 2017 or September 17th 2017 Hannah disappeared a third time oh my god she told housemates that she was leaving for work and never returned home that day or the next. It was found that she never even got to work. But, which I feel like is so terrifying in general, but especially with a fucking second hurricane coming through. Right, where like, people are evacuating. And they're trying to get everything like in lockdown mode, and she's just missing now all of a yeah. sudden again. 
Yeah. Her friends went looking for her and found her clothes and car keys on Sapphire Beach. She often uh, snorkeled there. And her clothes were folded, and I read they were neatly folded, like, in a little pile. Yeah. Which is very strange. Yeah. Her keys were also laying close by. Hannah's car was in the parking lot, and in her car were her purse, wallet, passport, and cell phone. They were all left behind. Yeah. A search party was then formed. Boats and helicopters looked for Hannah, and they also checked homeless shelters, hospitals, and morgues just in case. They just wanted to find her. Yeah. Allegedly, there were also some sightings of Hannah during this time, and two of the sightings where she was allegedly seen, again, these weren't completely confirmed, so right. we don't really know if it was like, her. Like, there's no footage of it or Yeah. Anything. Someone said they saw her panhandling at a marina, and then other people said they saw her wandering around a homeless shelter. Oh my god. Moving on to the aftermath of this third disappearance, this has been the last time Hannah disappeared as she has still not been found. Like, that literally makes my heart break. Yeah. I feel horrible. I cannot believe that this happened to this person and she's just out there somewhere and who knows what came from that what's going on yeah she came to and is so confused yeah or if she's still in this disillusional state or something worse happened right but the fact that literally this situation even happened where she just disconnects and is missing it's fucking terrifying yeah there are some theories that have come out of this whole situation One theory is that she's living a new life unaware of who she is, which I hope is the case. I really hope she's very, like... I hope she has, like, a family somewhere and stuff. And And just doesn't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Another theory is that she knows who she is, but is still wandering around stuck in this quote-unquote trance, which is terrifying to think about. Yeah. That she's literally just, like doing things like a robot yeah and not even really there like not realizing what's going on yeah i'd rather her just be like a completely new person living a completely new life happy somewhere else yeah a third theory is that something bad happened to her uh something to consider did she go for a swim and drown that was a question Right, another thing could that could have happened was, did she wander somewhere dangerous without realizing it? Like, there were seedy parts on this island. Yeah. Did she go to one of these seedy parts and, like, not realize what was going on? Yeah, or walk into, like, some body of water again and yeah. not even realize what was happening. Right. Another theory that, you know, that could have happened, of course, because nobody really knows, is she could have committed suicide. Um, did something else happen where her judgment was impaired while under this trance? Like, everything is so up in the air. Did someone potentially take advantage of her in this altered state? Just, like, endless possibilities. Mm -hmm. Something else to point out were the commonalities during these three disappearances, which literally makes me believe that there's some bigger part of it. Yeah. Like, there has to be. Yeah. So... All of these events of her disappearances happened in September, and it just so happened to be when school was, like, returning. Like, she was a teacher when she, her kids were going back to school. Mm-hmm. And, but like, maybe, them, like, the stress of it, like, triggered this. I don't know. But some of them, some of them had years gaps in between. Right. So Big why gaps. would one year be different compared to another? Yeah. And so weird. I don't know. But, like, yeah, the fact that each time was September... That's not a coincidence. I'm like sorry. Something is bigger. Like one t- one time could have been December, one time could have been March, but it wasn't. Yeah. All of these disappearances happened after she had recently visited her father and she went there yearly to visit her father traveling and he basically came out and was like, 
traveling is our thing. We've gone to millions of places together. Mm -hmm. This is not something that you should be, like, looking at as a commonality. But it is. It's one of the things. Mm -hmm. But he was basically like, it's not. Traveling didn't trigger something for her. Yeah, like, it wasn't traumatic. And he said, we've done it for years and nothing happened. Mm. Potentially all involved... A body of water. I mean, of course, we don't know the last one. We're unsure what happened to her. But the first two involved a body of water mm-hmm. being the um, the creek and where she was found in Staten Island. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but she's living on a fucking island, which is surrounded by a body of water. Literally surrounded. Which is- And they said at this point that she was so, like, into swimming. She went swimming every single day. And she got so strong, she was able to swim two miles out or maybe it was two miles total, but in general, she was so strong because she loved being in the water. It was her peaceful place. So, like... So, like, even if she's in a dissociative state of mind, that might have been just her calm place still. Yeah, exactly. Like, But if you're in, like, a trance, some kind of a trance, who knows if you forget how to swim all of a sudden. Right, and now you're in the ocean this time. I think it's also, like a factor playing into the last time she disappeared, the hurricanes, because yeah. one of the things that they mentioned with the disassociative fugue was a natural disaster. Yeah. And she was literally prepping when she started getting all yeah. different. So, I don't know. Another thing to think about is the last two disappearances, she was in a new unfamiliar place after, like, relocating. Yeah. So maybe, like, all of these things combined, these things combined were, like, just overwhelmingly stressful for her and it triggered something. But why did it even happen in the first place? All of a sudden, like, like you nowhere. lived all maybe these something years without happened it happening. And she didn't even remember. And that triggered it. <sighs> I don't know. Like, as she was, like, out for this jog, something happened. Yeah. Like, someone tried to mug her or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and... Or she was, like, physically or sexually abused. Yeah. And it triggered this state, and she went in for the longest period of time. Oh, my God. I feel so sorry for her and for her family. Yeah, this so... Is sickening. Regarding her disappearance, this is what Ham- Hannah's family had said. Quote, We've done all the physical searching that I think we can do, other than having her posters put up everywhere. That's going to be the only way, hopefully, if she sees one of them, if she's in her fugue state, it would at least get her to the point where she realizes something's wrong and she goes to get help. That's what we're hoping for. We have no way of knowing the length of time Hannah's condition and journey may fill. We are in this for the long haul. And that was a quote from MysteriousUniverse.org again. So I just have a feeling they're trying as much as they can and they're just like hopeful that she's just going to show up again one day, which is horrifying. That is... Like there's no closure, there's no... And like the constant feeling of she's going to wake up and be scared and confused. Like Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's not like she was... Well, in her altered state, she could have been, I'm not saying this did or didn't happen, but it's not like she was, like, taken from somewhere. Yeah. She wandered off on her own in an altered state of mind. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like, you don't, you literally don't know what could have happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, there's actually, if you wanted to check it out, a documentary of uh, on this case called Vanished in Paradise. So just to throw that out there if you wanted to check it out. But as always, we will be putting the resources for this on our Facebook along with as many photos I can find that um, go along with this case. Mm-hmm. Oh, that crazy. was a crazy one. Thank you, Alyssa, for your recommendation. Always I'm so amazing. glad I know about Hannah up now. I know what she looks like to keep an eye out. And, like, I feel like it's important to talk about these things because I feel like it's very, uh, like like we said, it's a rare thing to happen to people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, like, I didn't even think it could happen to this extent. Oh, my God. It makes me sick, honestly. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine what her family is going through. Me either. It's unreal, really. It really is. Yeah. It's like a dream. Yeah. A nightmare. Yeah. All right. 
that um, is the end of this episode this week. We forgot to mention before the update with Cars Coffee. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, they did just recently get in contact with us. Just a little heads up. Um, they are taking our morning brew blend down off of their website for a bit. Um, just so if you're going to look for it to buy one, they just wanted to let us know that they ran out of Costa Rican beans for now. And as soon as, you know, they get more of them, they're going to put it back up. But if you're going on their website and you're wondering why our coffee isn't there, that's why. <laughs> that's why. It's only a temporary thing. Don't worry. Yes. Shout out, Powers. We love you. We love you. <laughs> All right. Uh, our spiel. Yeah. So go to our Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we have our resources and photos from every week's episode. There's also our Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee as well. And that's where all of our reviews for our coffee are and the little shout-outs that we do every week if we mention anything in our episode. People have been loving those. Appreciate you. Yes. (laughs) And make sure if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts to rate and review. We love you for it. You'll get a sticker. (laughs) And um, otherwise, if you don't listen to us on Apple, there's plenty of other ways you can help our podcast. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Post tell on everybody. your Instagram story, whatever. It doesn't cost anything, you know, to, tell everyone. to hype us up. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure if you have a listener story for us or a case suggestion, you contact us. Either DM us on our Instagram or email us at crimecoltoncoffee at gmail.com. Let us know. Yeah. And until right. next week. Bye, guys. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook